I need to take stock of what I'm feeling. I need to have the empathy to take stock of what you are feeling. And then I need to do almost like some some math on that to understand like what we're both coming to a situation with and then figuring out how we can leave on the same page. Even though it's tough work and it's uncomfortable work and it's being really honest with yourself, it's some of the most powerful work you can do because it creates really meaningful connection. Hello and welcome to Full Circle, the Magic Mindset Podcast. I am Matt Kralberg, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Leah Lilly. We aim to bridge the gap between my study of psychology and sociology and Leah's study of astrology. Each week, we discuss a specific theme, and we approach it from two different perspectives to come to a deeper understanding from both an astrological and psychological outlook. If you missed out on any of our previous episodes, you can catch up at leahlily.com slash full circle podcast or on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube by searching for full circle podcast. Leah, I know that this is your absolutely favorite segment. It has spawned quite a level of competitiveness between us. Are you ready for the 30 minutes and 30 seconds? I'll be ready for this section for the rest of my life. All right. Well, as long as you're ready when I count you down from three, I think we're going to be okay. Three, two, one. Emotional intelligence comes through our experience. And in adulthood, it really becomes about becoming more aware of your own emotions. So in astrology, being aware of your moon and your moon placement, and then how you process your emotions, and that's your Mercury in astrology, and then how you show them, and that's your sun and your moon and a few other planetary bodies combined. And then on the other side of that, it's also being aware of the emotions and astrology placement of others. Considering these things about yourself and others can prevent a whole lot of unnecessary conflict. It was a good section, but you left some space for for me to get closer to thirty than you. So we'll have to see, we'll have to see how it goes from here. How many seconds was that? Uh, I don't remember the exact number, but it was a little bit over thirty. Really? It's like thir- thirty-five. Yeah, it's okay. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Now I know. I know where the bar is set, so I'm I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one, go. So emotional intelligence is comprised of four things, perceiving, reasoning, understanding, and managing. I think that the most um, prescient piece of last week's episode is that you need to be aware of your own emotions, aware of others' emotions, and you need to consider those emotions in the situation before acting. Last couple of seconds, shout out to my mom, to my dad, that's it. Wow, that was exactly 30. (laughs) That was amazing. I'm not going to lie. That was your best.
When Leia and I sat down to plan out this week's episode, we found a few exercises that are designed to increase your emotional intelligence. We thought that it might be a good idea for us to do some of these exercises on the podcast in order for the two of us to grow closer together, but also for us to grow closer with you as listeners. So the exercise is we'll go through a series of questions and just share some pieces of information about our pasts with the intention that it will help us understand each other on a deeper level. We encourage you to answer some of these questions with us by engaging us on social media this week. So Leah, we have a couple of questions here. And then at the end, we can answer a few like high level conversational questions about it. Does that work for you? Yeah. I want to know what was the happiest moment in your life? So when I was in college at UCLA, there was a campus-wide event called Spring Sing. And part of Spring Sing was a group called Company that did like the emceeing in between acts. And even though I went to school for acting, I was nervous about singing. And one of the acts that I had helped write was a parody of Frozen. And somehow I got up on that stage and I sang in front of an audience of like 10,000 people. And it was a crazy experience that I didn't think I was going to be able to do. But I remember getting off stage and just being so happy and like crying tears of joy because I was so proud of myself for being able to get up there and do it. I think I need to do a better job of being mindful about things that I'm happy about because this is actually kind of a difficult question for me to to choose with. I think the first thing that I, I probably think back to is we've mentioned before in the podcast that I did high school speech and I was pretty good at it and I enjoyed it a lot. And the team was a really important thing to me. And I shared a lot of those people across speech and theater, which were both important to me in high school. And I remember competing through the state series, so sectionals, regionals, and the state tournament. And I did not make it quite to state. I was pretty close. But I did coach an event to state. And that was really, really impactful for me working with the team and getting them in a place that you know we were able to compete and make it to state. What was your unhappiest experience in life? My unhappiest experience was probably two years ago, and I had some stuff going on in my personal life that just led to like a lot of chaos and a lot of inner turmoil for me. And I was just completely lost, and it almost ruined my relationship, and it ruined some of my friendships. It was just a really, really tough time. Mine was probably two years ago. I had some pretty monumental things going on in my personal life. And I had just recently been let go from my job due to budgetary reasons. And I had moved home for the third or fourth time since I had graduated school. And I did not feel successful. And I put a lot of my self-worth into my job and not having one made me not feel like I was worth very much and glad to say I've moved on from that, but that would definitely be it. What motivates you to get up in the morning? I think just like the blank slate of a new day and getting to create new stuff and work on new ideas and spend time learning more astrology. Astrology is a big one. 
It's a sense of creation, of excitement about getting to create something. What motivates you to get up in the morning? I think sense of duty. I know that there are people at work that are depending on me to get a job done and get it done well. And I feel a responsibility to go in every day and do the best that I can to provide that for them. What do you use your mind for? I'm a big saver. So I spend my money on like basically bare essentials. And even then sometimes not. (laughs) And then I save a lot. I put a lot into, into my savings. I put a lot of importance in that too. What do you use your money for? Rent, food, occasionally doing things, occasionally a new tarot deck or crystal or something here and there, but mostly essentials, mostly essential stuff. Who's the most important person in your life? This is a really hard question that I don't know that I have an answer for. I think there are so many people that are like tied for first that it's hard for me to put my finger on one. And it makes me even a little bit nervous to say it on the podcast. I think if I think about the person who comes to mind most often, and it's kind of like a WWJD type situation, like, like, you know, if I, if I want to be like this person, what would that person do right now? I think I would probably say that my dad is the most important person in my life. But again, I think it's important that if anybody else is listening, that they know that they're important in my life too. Yeah, I agree with you because I think the one that comes to mind for me is my mom in sort of the same way of like, what would my mom do? And she's like a really big example for me and like a big role model. So same thing. Other people who are listening, you are all very important in my life as well. But as far as if we have to identify one, that's what I would say. Describe your best friend. I think that my best friend is a person who makes time to spend with me and I make time to spend with them. I think that one of the things that I value a lot is the ability to laugh and be creative together. I think sometimes we don't see eye to eye on things, but we have a relationship that allows us to acknowledge those and move on from them in a a positive way. Describe your best friend. They are funny and challenging and know how to push buttons of growth, which isn't always comfortable, but it's necessary. I value that. I think it's really important. And this is a person who I don't think settles and like won't let me settle. And that's also really important to me too. Sharing the answers to those questions like I said at the start of the segment, is supposed to bring people closer together, whether it's in a group setting or a paired setting the way Leah and I did it. And Leah, I'm interested, do you think that this is a good experience for people who don't know each other as well as we do? Because I feel at least like I knew some of your answers or at least knew maybe more details than than even we were able to share during the time that we were answering it. Do you think it's good for people who don't have the relationship that you and I have? I do. I think if you can be open with another person and like really share and feel comfortable sharing deeply, I think there's a 
immense possibility that this has really positive results. I think it's easy to kind of gloss over the answers to some of these and give like very like simple explanation. But I think the deeper you want someone to know you and the deeper you want to know somebody else, I think the deeper you both have to be comfortable sharing. I I 100% agree with you. I think the more depth you're able to give each other, the more useful it will be. Emotional intelligence is a big deal in the corporate world as well. And so one of the key takeaways in that type of setting is understanding the motivations behind other people's actions better. And heads up, that's one of my mantras is motivations matter. So do you feel like by knowing some of the answers to my questions, do you feel like you understand why I do some of the things that I do? Definitely. It's just very, it's insightful into what's going on in your experience, what's going on in your head and how you see the world. And listening from your perspective with no other goal other than I have asked Matt what his happiest moment in his life is and now I'm taking in this experience. It's it's a look through, a little bit of a look through the lens in which you see the world and that is really important for building that emotional intelligence and understanding each other better. I would 100% agree there as well. I think we're walking away with the same ideas here. I think that it it helps you understand that person's perspective. And I think even for me, as I was thinking through my answers, it it brought me some revelations that one, I need to be more mindful of like the happy things that are going on in life. Because it was easy for me to find my unhappiest experience. And there were a couple that I was choosing between. But it was harder for me to find the happiest, which is like, I have a very happy life. So that's kind of a sad thing that I wasn't able to just, oh my gosh, here are all these great options that I could choose from. So I think I need to be more mindful looking at my own life. But some of the other things like answering them and understanding like, oh, this is why I do that because of these experiences. I think, you know, if I'm able to find that level of use just from my own experience with it, it's even more so thinking through some of your things and knowing here's how you approach this type of situation or here are the things that made you happy about that experience, things like that. So I I think that this is a useful exercise and I think I would encourage others to to follow this type of, of format and just get really deep into the emotions with the person that you are trying to work with. We're on the last few days of Scorpio season as Sagittarius season is on the horizon at the end of this week. And the last Scorpio season theme I want to explore with you is truth. One of the things Scorpio is best known for is getting down to the bottom of things. The detectives of the Zodiac, Scorpio is always in search of the deepest, darkest truths, no matter where they may lie. Over the past few weeks, certain truths may have come to your attention that you can no longer avoid. It's time to take stock of the truth about where you are in life and what you want for yourself. Some things to ask yourself might be, what is true for me right now? Am I happy with things as they are currently? What's missing from my life right now? And what is no longer serving me that I am willing to let go of? Even though the sun is headed towards Sagittarius, we've still got some Scorpio energy going on. 
Mars enters Scorpio Tuesday, November 19th. Mars in Scorpio signals a time to get in tune with your intuitive side. We are at the tail end of Scorpio season during which we've been exploring what is right for us and what our truth is. It's time to let your intuition be your guide. It's time to trust yourself and find guidance from within. Strong will and persistence show up during Mars's stay in Scorpio. Use these to help you stick to your intuition and what's right for you, and also use them to help you move toward and achieve your goals. Your decisions may drop into being motivated by emotions during this time, so observe the difference between decisions made from intuition versus decisions made from unchecked or self-sabotaging feelings. Mercury goes direct in Scorpio on Wednesday, November 20th, after being in retrograde for almost a month. With Mercury ruling communication, ideas, thoughts, and decisions, you can expect these things to come a little easier now. Amidst all the celebration of Mercury going direct again, take a moment to reflect on how the retrograde was for you. What did you experience? Did anything significant come up? Sagittarius season begins Friday, November 22nd and will last until December 21st. Greek mythology associates Sagittarius with the centaur Chiron, who mentored Achilles, who was a Greek hero of the Trojan War, in archery. Sagittarius is represented by this half-human and half-horse and is the centaur in mythology, and a learned healer whose higher intelligence forms a bridge between earth and heaven. Also known as the archer, Sagittarius is represented by the symbol of a bow and arrow. Sagittarius is the bold, truthful explorer of the zodiac. It is one of three fire signs and is ruled in modern astrology by the planet Jupiter. As a sign, Sagittarius is independent, optimistic, thoughtful, expansive, direct, and humorous. Sagittarius is associated with the ninth house of the zodiac that rules religion, worldview, higher education, and international travel. This season reminds us to explore, to stay curious, and always continue to seek knowledge and experience. Sagittarius likes to explore in mind and body alike. Their boundless energy and restless curiosity has them hungry for places to go, things to do, and moments to experience. This Thanksgiving to pre-Christmas season is a great time to learn something new. Acquire a new skill, hobby, or craft. Go to a new unlikely place. Pick up a book on a subject you've always been curious about or enroll in a class. Exploration will be taking place both within and in the world at large. It's time to explore. If you're traveling during this time, even if it's just home for the holidays, explore a new place wherever you go. If you're not traveling, you can still venture out and explore a new local spot near you. Create and take opportunities to learn about others. Listen to the points of view of another and expand your knowledge of the world. This is a good time for vision quests, shamanic journeys, or healing sessions, and exploring and pushing the boundaries of who you are and what you are capable of. Stay curious, have fun, and don't take things too seriously as Sagittarius always reminds us to laugh. And remember, you are an amazing, powerful, limitless being. Excitement, exploration, and expansion are all on the horizon. Over the next few weeks, we'll explore some of the key qualities of Sagittarius season in more depth. Are you ready? Thank you.
We've talked a lot about the improvements that Leia and I are trying to make on our own personal journeys. And one area that I've really been trying to improve is my personal style. This week's sponsor is the perfect resource for anyone who is on that same journey of looking to up their style game. Blacklisted Bandits & Co. was started by Nick and Demi Peterson. Their goal is to help you break out of the fashion molds that have existed for too many years. Much like we feel here on the Full Circle Podcast, they believe that true acceptance and comfort come from within. Your style should be an expression of how you feel. Blacklisted Bandits & Co. was created to make your outsides match your insides. Visit them at blacklistedbanditsandco.com or through the links in our show notes. Use code FULLCIRCLE for 25% off your purchase. So we've been exploring emotional intelligence, learning about our own emotional intelligence, learning about ways we can connect with others and show them more emotional intelligence. And it's brought up a lot of questions for me throughout the process as we've sort of prepped to talk about this. And I'm curious, Matt, when you think you really started to approach your own emotional intelligence, maybe when you realized, okay, like this is something that I need to start to be aware of. And when you started to see a little bit of a shift, what was going on for you in your life and when that started to happen for you? It's a very vivid time for me. I 100% remember the thought process of, you know, I can't continue to act the way that I'm acting. I, I need to actually focus on this as a growth area and I need to, you know, improve my emotional intelligence. I think what happened is I did all the normal growth through high school and, you know, went from throwing tantrums when you don't get the candy bar at the grocery store to, you know, having the more complex emotions of, initial relationships in high school and those breakups and all that kind of stuff. So I think I, I, I followed the normal path through there. And then I just stopped. I went off to college and I was like, I did all the personal growth. I'm happy with who I am as a person. And we've talked before on imposter syndrome. I kind of thought that I was, you know, had stuff when maybe I wasn't as much as I thought I was. But I think I, I, almost consciously turned off personal growth. And then there were some experiences in college and, and those years after college where I really started to realize that my actions were greatly affecting other people that were very important to me. And it was then that I kind of started to realize like, okay, I'm, I'm not done growing. There's a lot of growth left to do here. And then it became a very intentional journey of looking inwardly and saying like, okay, I'm not, I'm not happy right now. What happened that made me happy or unhappy? Because I woke up feeling great this morning. So what was the experience that occurred? And starting to narrow those things down and saying, okay, when this type of thing happens, it makes me feel this kind of way. And it sounds so silly to need to sit down and actually take an inventory like that. But that's what helped me. That's what allowed me to identify those things and then start to understand my reactions. And it was almost like this mapping process. And I think today I'm in a much different spot than I was, let's say, two or three years ago. And I feel like I'm in a much healthier place. I feel a lot more equipped 
to deal with my emotions. And I think this turned into a lot more long-winded than I want, but I think that it's been such an intense part of my life for the last couple of years here. It's one of the reasons I was so passionate about this episode. So what maybe is an example of an emotion that you used to feel and a way that it used to like come out? And how did you take notice of that and then start to practice reacting in a different way? Like what's an example of, of that for you? Yeah, I'm trying to think through some of the specifics. I think one, I had, I had moved after, after school and one of the, um, yeah, this is actually a really good example. So I had moved after school and I went to Portland, Oregon, which wonderful place. One of the best places I've lived. In fact, it probably is the best place I've lived. I did not give it the credit it deserved when I was there because I was just feeling so incredibly down. I did not feel we we talked about a long time ago in, in a previous episode that, you know, I, I I didn't have a job and and was worried about that. And, and I had just come out of school and I thought, oh, man, I'm going to be awesome at work. And then I couldn't find anybody that wanted to hire me out there. And so it was a very rough time. And so it caused me to sit down and think a lot. And this was, I think, part of the beginning of that journey. But what I learned is I am feeling bad. Why am I feeling bad? And it was two things. And those two things have helped me a lot in life. It's one, I put a lot of my self-worth into the work that I'm doing, for better or worse. And the other is I like to be close to my family. I don't need to be like in the same city or anything like that. But knowing that like if I wanted to go home for a weekend, I could do that. And I'm from the Midwest. So living in Oregon, like you needed to plan if you were going to go home. And I didn't get to do it often. And, and learning that those two things are important to me has really helped me shape my life moving forward. And when did that sort of like occur to you? Was it in the moment that you were feeling these things and you were able to ask yourself that question of like, why am I feeling bad? Or did it come with some time and like that 2020 vision that we get after we've gone through something? When did that occur for you? I think it's another excellent question. I think for for me, at, at that point in my life, it is a little bit more of the hindsight. It's a, a little bit more like, understanding now like oh this is why i was feeling that way there was a little bit of that understanding in the moment i knew that i wanted to be closer to home like i knew that that's what i was missing but i think if that had happened today if that situation happened right now where i currently am i think that i would be able to identify that and i am doing i would say a much better job of that overall understanding you know hey i am feeling this type of way why is that and starting to kind of drill down to what that is. So I think due to that growth, I've been able to to now do that in the moment better. So for someone who's in a situation maybe similar or just feeling that way now where it's like, I know that this is the feeling, do you recommend asking that question of why and starting to get curious about it in this moment now? Yeah, I think... I mean, it comes down to the way that you operate best, right? Like I'm the type of person where for me to really understand the way that I feel about something, even like political issues, even, you know, just 
how to like if somebody asks me what my favorite food is, which is a terrible example, like I need to talk through it. So I'm the type of person that really needs to have a conversation, even if as crazy as it sounds, that conversation is with myself. So I think for people like me, absolutely sit down and say, why do I feel the way that I feel? I, I think the example I gave earlier is a good one. Like I woke up, I felt really good. I came home, I don't feel good anymore. What is the thing that happened that made me change that feeling? Because sometimes it happens without us being cognizant of it. And so I, I do think in that case, it it makes sense to physically like ask yourself a question out loud and, and talk through it. I, there are obviously other ways to, to cope with that type of thing and other ways to figure it out. Do you, do you have a different way? Do you do it in a, another way? Well, it's really interesting that you mentioned asking yourself that question because for, for someone like me and for those of us who sometimes I think get overwhelmed by the emotional response, sometimes I am so wrapped up in the feeling that I cannot logically ask myself that question. And I know I should be able to, like my brain is a strong tool that should, you know, be able to override sometimes that emotional response that isn't always helpful. And that isn't always necessarily the truth. It's a good indicator. And it's definitely going off for a reason. But it takes me in a minute to be able to get to the space to then ask, wow, okay, why did I just experience what I just experienced? I can't always do it in the moment. And that's taken for me some awareness to come to with myself to say, okay, I know that I react emotionally first. I know that sometimes it is completely, it just completely overtakes me and I won't be able to think logically in that moment and kind of giving myself the space and understanding and a little bit of less judgment around, well, I should just be able to like think rationally and just like let it go. And that's not necessarily something I'm, I'm able to do. I could practice and see if I'm able to form a different habit, but I also try not to see my emotions as a negative thing. And, you know, that has its pros and cons too. But yeah, I have to ask myself after I've experienced the emotional response first. That's, that's where I kind of land. So I think it's totally okay to feel the feeling. And I think it's also okay to not feel equipped to look at that in the moment and and just like, let me do this. I'll come back to it and think about it again later. I think that's totally fine. But I am curious if you have a process to say, because like in some in some cases, it, it's not good to just keep feeling that feeling because it gets you in a place where you it's more difficult to get out of. Yeah. And so what I'm interested in is, do you have a process where you are able to, I'm feeling this feeling, it's very intense, I'm not ready to look at it right now. What is your process to get from, okay, I'm not ready to look at it to let's examine this and see if there's something that I need to be doing differently? I think when I'm in that space, the thing that I do right now is change up my activity, like change up the space I'm in, change up what I'm doing. If I start to notice like, wow, like like you said, I woke up this morning, I was feeling fine. And now, however many hours later, I don't feel good anymore. I 
completely 180 change the activity I'm doing so that I can put myself in a different situation to open myself up to a different feeling. Because if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to keep bringing that feeling to it and sinking lower into it. And like you were saying, then you get into a space where it's harder to get yourself out. So when I notice that it's getting to a place of sticking around for too long, like it's gone past that limit of, okay, I've given myself ample time to like feel this feeling and it's moving into, okay, now this is just like not serving me anymore, doing something different, changing up my space so that hopefully I can change up my energy a little bit. And once I've done that and am able to put myself in a different space, I can come back and ask that question, okay, this happened today. Why, what about that changed how I was feeling and start to narrow it down from that, from that different space. But I think it's hard because there's such a fine line between feeling the feeling, which I think a lot of us feelers get very embarrassed about, especially those of us who have like sometimes like overbearing to others emotions that it, it's sometimes like, ah, gosh, well, the level to which I feel something or how long can I feel something? And you sort of feel this embarrassment around it. I really appreciated hearing you say like, it's okay to feel and it's okay to be in a space where you can't identify things right away. And I think that's the whole point of emotional intelligence, right? Is me knowing that about myself. And then for instance, like when we're talking or like I bring something to you, you're operating in a different emotional intelligence space personally and knowing how each of us process and react and feel things, we can be better emotionally intelligent of each other. For the second time this episode, it is time for 30 minutes and 30 seconds. And we have never called this segment that. That is not what this segment is. But it struck a chord with me, so I said it anyway. So, Leah, I would love to know, what are the key things that you're taking away from the last two episodes? Well, one thing I'm taking away is if this was another 30-second recap, I would quit the podcast. <laughs> it would be so frustrating. <laughs> That's an excellent takeaway. Let's move on. Psychological wellness and tarot card? <laughs> Perfect. I learned that... I have so much emotional intelligence work still to do, and that can be daunting, but I think it's also exciting. I'm excited about it because I have astrology as a really helpful tool, understanding my moon sign, like, wow, did that change things for me, and and really the rest of my astrology as well, because there are other clues in so much of it, not just our moon sign, but Astrology has given me such an amazing context to learn about my emotional capability, to learn about how I display that, and to learn how to hold space for others. I'm telling you, it changed my context of the world. It changed my relationships with the people closest to me, with my parents, with my siblings, because I'm able to just understand where they're coming from better. We've talked about in previous episodes the fact that I think that love is probably the most powerful force that we have in the world and emotional intelligence is a key to unlocking, I think, more love in your life. I've definitely felt that. And that's one of the benefits that I've seen from from doing that work is the love and the positive relationships that you're able to create. So there really is, even though it's tough work, 
and it's uncomfortable work and it's being really honest with yourself, it's some of the most powerful work you can do because it creates really meaningful connection. I think my key takeaways for this one are one, I'm not necessarily proud of where I was, but I understand where I was and I am proud of where I am now. I feel like these last two episodes have helped me take an objective look at my growth and I feel really good about it. I'm in the same boat and I think everybody is as you We're like, yeah, there's still a lot of growth to be done. Like we're never going to stop growing. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned in life is like, yeah, just because you graduated high school doesn't mean you're done growing, bud. Like, there's, <laughs> there's more to it than that. But I think that that's one of my key takeaways. And the other thing is, like, a lot of the times when we share stuff, it feels like common sense. But I know me personally, I hadn't thought of it that way before. So I think understanding the process of like, I need to take stock of what I'm feeling. I need to have the empathy to take stock of what you are feeling and then I need to do almost like some some math on that to understand like what we're both coming to a situation with and then figuring out how we can leave on the same page. So those motivations I think are really important to me. So I think those are those are my key takeaways. This week's tarot card is the Two of Cups. This is a card about cosmic connection, and it represents deep, powerful connection between two energies. Talk about a great card to end our episode today with, as emotional intelligence is a deep and powerful form of connection. This card is calling you to focus on a meaningful connection in your life. This may be with someone you are already close to, or maybe even reaching out to someone you need to heal your relationship with. Take time to indulge in soulful connection and make the effort to show those you love that you care for them. Maybe even try speaking their emotional language this week. I love the idea of making connections. It's what we've spent a lot of the podcast talking through. Even just you and I strengthening our own connection. So I'm going to roll the wellness tip into that as well. 71% of people turn to others in times of stress. So today's tip is about forming new connections. It can be tough, especially as an adult, to make new friends. And we talked about that in the ch-ch-ch-changes episode. To help ease some of that difficulty, enroll in a class that intrigues you. Join a club like a fitness club or an intellectual group like a book club. Volunteer with local charities. All of these things are going to help you find people with similar interests, and they all have extra benefits alongside forming those new relationships. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Full Circle, the Magic Mindset Podcast. If you want to learn more about us or hear previous episodes, you can visit leahlily.com slash fullcirclepodcast. There you can find previous episodes and also our show notes where we include previous tarot polls, links, and more extras from each of our episodes. You can also engage with us on Twitter at fullcircle underscore P-O-D. And we also have a community on Facebook under Full Circle, the Magic Mindset Podcast, where we hope to communicate and talk with you 
You can share your insights, your thoughts on our themes, and more in that community. If you want to listen to more of our episodes, we are on Spotify and iTunes and also on my website. We release new episodes every Monday. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk to you next week.